Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Food for Thought podcast. This is Vedant and your co-host Hamza is also here. Hello Mr. Vedant Kumar. Hello everyone. How you doing bro? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah man, just surviving. <laughs> hanging, yeah. <laughs> just hanging. So Mr. Vedant Kumar, what are we going to talk about today? Yes. so today's topic uh, is very interesting very fun we're talking about the gray side or like both the sides of living abroad so to give you context on that both of us have lived abroad for some amount of time in our period of lives and uh, we would like to tell you about how that journey was how it came about what if we had expected it would be and how it turned out some of the differences there and uh, if you were listening to this podcast and maybe contemplating going abroad you would have like an idea of things that you can do how it turns out how you how to manage your expectations and stuff like that yeah of course i mean you shouldn't just hear this podcast thinking that this is just another one of those you know uh, the education consultant people talking this will be really on the nose experiences that we've had you know it would go down to really personal things that both of us experienced in our own ways in you know living in separate countries doing separate things so yeah it's it it will be really interesting and like mr vedant kumar said it will be really helpful to you in terms of managing expectations because what we have seen both of us in our experience is that what you see on instagram on facebook on twitter is not exactly what you'll get when you basically step out of the plane <laughs> yeah so mr vedant kumar i'd like you to start with you know the experience how it came about and what were basically your first impressions first i will tell you why i went where i went so i went to australia i did a semester abroad kind of thing where i interned at a research lab in canberra which is the capital surprisingly and uh, mine was like a you can call it a job where i was working 5 days a week uh, earning some sort of stipend and then uh, i was there for around 3 and a half 4 months yes what about you So yeah I was there uh, doing my master's degree at Durham University in a small teeny little town called Durham which most people don't know so I always say I was near Newcastle <laughs> because most people seem to know where Newcastle is so this is England right it was really small city i mean uh, everything was at a walking distance not many people as well most of them were students and most of them were either indians or chinese in terms of international students and so, uh, it was predominantly white first impressions of uh, how what durham was like you know just as soon as you stepped out of the plane as you said something like that yeah as soon as stepped out of the plane i was like this country is very cold <laughs> and you know the hair on the back of my neck just kind of stood up because this was so cold and i haven't really experienced that cold before i mean i never went to any place like that before i've been to other places but never like that so yeah it was very cold but of course i mean as you know when you are uni- when you start the process of going abroad to do whatever you're going to do 
you always have six months before for those six months what you do is you prep yourself up you know reading and uh, doing you know watching the movies or uh, seeing the pictures of how it the place is basically you know conceptualizing inside your head and um, i think in terms of those expectations it was better than i had expected because of course the pictures you know are pictures but when you see it live in front of you and uh, you ex- get to experience and then you get that feeling ha ah, i am here so that was a really good thing i mean in terms of first impressions and uh, so i just took a took an uber man <laughs> i just took an uber and went straight to my uh, uh, the accommodation that i that i had taken up and it was a really funny experience because i was you know here i was i mean 20 22 24 hours of traveling jet lag as hell and as soon as i entered that college you know in a matter of 15 minutes they ushered me inside the room told me where the toilet was where the switches were and just sort of locked the room in you know behind me and i was just you know standing there looking at the small window and contemplating okay is that it <laughs> yeah i mean 6 to 8 months of you know uh, prepping up 6 to 8 months of expectations and here i was where i wanted to be and i was like is that it so i just sort of got this airy feeling that uh, is this is this a right decision or something huh i mean i hope i didn't make a wrong decision right here so i immediately called my buddy and i just told him and i said man this is really odd this is not what i expected maybe it was just me but uh, yeah it was a pretty funny funny experience that day because the whole day i just slept and i tried to you know i tried to stay awake because of course if you sleep when you're jet lagged the whole day night cycle of yours gets screwed up so i tried to make myself stay awake as long as i could and the next day was all these documentation process and this and that so yeah the first day the first impressions were sort of bitter sweet the uh, the experience of seeing that college the cathedral and the place where i got to know that harry potter was filmed where uh, in the future avengers end game was going to be filmed so i had always you know the uh, conceptualized this and these things inside my mind so yeah in terms of the place it was really good but yeah some funny experience here and there so yeah. uh, i think i think you uh, might could have been the same for you as well i mean how was it for you yeah so my first impressions were like the absolute first impression was the same as yours like i came out of the plane i'm like this place is fucking cold okay <laughs> it was like the, i think it was the coldest uh, day in the year or something like that so i had my jacket on i had everything prepped and uh, so you know in australia right the re- weathers are reversed so it yeah. was a boiling hot summer in india and you go there and it is chilly cold winter there so there was a plane it was super cold so my one benefit of mine was my friend who was with me for the whole thing had already gone there and and he was there for two weeks and he had taken up a place there so i had somewhat of an idea of what to do first things to do and everything so i took a bus so i took a bus to uh, to the next so i had to change buses so i took a bus to the next bus stop and uh, the bus guy was very sweet so we need to have a bus card and all so for all airport passengers they just uh, take the fare like like they ignore the fare they uh, did not ask me for a fare and then when i landed on the second bus stop i had like four huge pieces of luggage 
and i noticed that the bus i was supposed to take next was going to come in another hour okay and i did not have a phone number activated so i could not take an uber or and my credit card was not working there like on that uber so oh my god yeah so i could not take an uber and the next bus was in an hour so before that like what had happened at the airport was uh, first one of the, another first impressions that i had to pay for the trolley and <laughs> and yeah. the trolley was around uh, like some distance apart and i had like four big pieces of luggage and i i i was thinking you know okay, should i leave this here what to do what to do everything so i somehow carried the luggages over to the trolley place and then the trolley place they asked for coins like 2 dollar coins and i only had 50 dollar notes with me so <laughs> again uh, so then i was like i am going to approach somebody so just i approached the whitest looking person there and asked them bro like give me coins so then they <laughs> gave me a 2 dollar coin i used that and then when i tried to return them they just like okay no need to return that was good so i i, I sort of understood you know people are friendly here <laughs> you can expect them to be friendly so uh when i was at the bus stop i decided okay i'm going to ask somebody for help okay maybe they can book an uber for me and i can pay them so i went to a barber shop like there was a barber shop behind me i went inside i was i was like uh let me ask them if i can stay here because it was warm inside and outside it was chilly cold till my bus like comes back so when i went inside a guy was coming out and i asked him okay bro like can you help me book an uber so he was like uber where are you going so i told him where i was going and he's like okay come i'll drop you and he was not even going there he was going somewhere else and he had a nice car and he took all my luggage and he put me in the car and he dropped me like exactly to where my friend's place was and uh, wow good some good samaritan i think yeah yeah like a uh, very friendly person who went out of his way to drop me and uh, like didn't take any help like just this did it for its for its sake and uh, that was great like <laughs> you, you can't even feel scared you know like uh, when you're in that position that okay is he going to rob me or something they just you can just take the help and go so yeah. we took me to my friend's place i had already told him that i was going to stay here so that was sorted and then i just stayed in with him yeah that's a really you know that's a really good experience that you had and and this brings me to a really interesting point which i'm you know always i had in my mind before going that would it have been a good decision to uh, travel to a place abroad where you will be living for you know certain period of time with your parents just to help you get settled there or would it have been a good decision to just you know travel by yourself and just wing it see how it happens because for me i think one of the good decisions that i made was i traveled by myself and i had to fight for that because my parents were one ready and uh, someone told me that you know it's better that you go through whatever that whole process of settling down by yourself and uh, you know find your own place in that country so uh, and you know just in terms of developmental purposes like uh, it helps you grow like mentally it gives you resiliency and all that so wouldn't you say so vedant yeah i mean uh, 
uh, we realize we don't realize that we live a very privileged existence here. Everything is done by our parents if you're living with our parents. So and also parents, Indian parents especially are like very molly coddling kind of you know taking care of everything. Right. They want to not let go of you uh, even when you're married, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> something. So like uh, yeah, I mean uh, definitely. So also Indian parents, the thing is that. some lot of times they since they are supporting you financially or something like that they almost feel like entitled that they should you know also take part in that experience but of course it might not yeah it might not be the best thing i don't know firstly my parents didn't even suggest me that they just sent me off <laughs> so and i had none of that option and uh, it was expensive right like uh, just, i i was like for my parents to go with me just to help me get settled it would cost so much and the returns would not be that great right so i didn't yeah i mean of course reason. i agree i agree with that because that's how it was because if i if i would have been with my parents throughout that whole orientation process i wouldn't have made uh, the friends that i did make actually in that place because then you are you know in sort of a protective cocoon that your parents basically around you when you don't <laughs> if you are so with your parents nobody would approach you right like <laughs> of course yeah you won't enjoy <laughs> yeah it was an experience and it was hot my friend had a heater it was all well <laughs> Yeah, so uh, moving on from the first impressions, how were like the first few months? Maybe because for me, I think the experience in the first few months, first uh, like first month was significantly different from the rest of the time. How was it for you? Like some of what was some of the culture shock or things like that that people say? Uh, yeah, so I went in the into that country. almost you know underestimating culture shock because when i was told about it i was like ah this is nothing i'll be fine i've lived in delhi i've survived these things and none of these things bother me but oh how wrong i was i mean the culture shock is real people for all of you who are listening it is a very very real thing so please do not underestimate that you might even like end up liking that culture better than your own culture and <laughs> you might stick with it so it's not good to be afraid right no it's it's you, you can like that culture but the culture shock of moving from india to another country that whole transition process you'll end up liking it anyway because then you'll end up liking anyway but what i'm talking about specifically is the transition because that is not easy i mean i can say that for most of the people that i was with and uh, there were different kinds of people from different backgrounds different states and even different different cities different languages even some of them never spoke hindi but they were from india like south india telugu there were people from who spoke telugu only and all that these kind of conversations you know usually happen after 6 or 7 months when people you know sit down and take a breath and uh, you know just talk about okay this is this is how it went for me how it how did it go for you so this is what i basically got from uh, the whole ordeal of the first three months that was the culture shock that small small things you know might trouble you first was uh, you know i was not lucky enough like some of my mates who were who, who basically went to another country with you know like in groups with their friends 
so um, that is a problem for some people it was a problem for me as well at least i had somebody who could go with me always to places right yeah that that's you know that's how you are lucky but uh, if you are there you know all by yourself then it will take some getting used to initially but of course that also that situation you know has a counter effect that it helps you addressing those personality discrepancies that you have like for if you are a, a sort of introverted person that whole pressure the peer pressure of seeing other people might also you know help you get out of that introvertedness and just you know say hi just say hi to one one person and the rest is you know is history i mean you just go on making friends and talking to people true right uh, when you're walking in the street everybody says uh, you know what's up how are you doing hi right <laughs> yeah i mean people are forthcoming with you uh, they like to smile a lot and uh, they'll just say like in in england it was like you're right everyone was like you're right i think england is the only country where people ask are you all right without expecting another answer so yeah. that's a really funny thing which i which came across yeah so on that point uh, australia is somewhat similar to that people walking in the street say uh, all right mike right and mateism is uh, sort of uniquely australian and somewhat british also i think right yeah i think uh, it uh, basically originated like everything english <laughs> from england but the pronunciation is very funny in uh, england and in australia it's like might yeah all of might <laughs> yeah all of those surfer guys i think there are more surfers in australia than any place else in the world yeah but not in canberra though canberra everybody is uh, they want to be quiet family mm. people raising children and enjoying the suburban life i also uh, saw a lot of british movies just to prepare myself before going so i was like i can talk in english you know i have not been talking in english that much here but but somehow at some point i just burned myself out and i just couldn't speak to some people you know it was just like a, a very odd sort of speech impediment that i developed that i just couldn't you know get myself to speak in english that much and then i had to call back home to my friends or to my parents that oh, oh i want to talk in hindi mujhe hindi mein baat karni hai i want to talk in hindi please someone talk to me <laughs> so yeah that language barrier even though i was lucky like you like you were we were lucky enough to be in, to go to a country where english was the primary language so we weren't clueless everywhere we went but for me it was like a very strange thing that happened you know this is a really strange thing which i mean could happen to anyone but it had definitely happened to me this language thing when i first came to australia okay i met helpful people but my initial assessment of the city was like nothing i hate this place i'm like i fucking hate this country hate this place i just want to go back everything was much better in india you could uh, order delivery food delivery and it wasn't uh, 6 dollars delivery charge <laughs> you could uh, you could get the food cheaper in delivery you didn't have to cook every day and uh, so one thing was that you know countries are not a monolith right cities are hugely different so when i where i was in canberra 
there was not proper public transport during all the times of the hours especially on weekends when you are going for groceries and stuff and uh, ubers were expensive obviously so i had to rely on public transport and it wasn't ideal like you're getting groceries you're getting stuff you have to wait an half an hour at the bus stop you have to walk from the bus stop to another bus stop and uh, these might sound like stupid but like you might have to walk a lot like initially i realized that you know your walking speed has to increase and my friend his walking speed had already increased and i was struggling to match match him and you have to walk a lot <laughs> that was uh, something that i realized there and uh, everything is just so convenient in india you have groceries shops everywhere like around your locality uh, nearby and in canberra where i was living in my suburb there was no shop not even a grocery shop no shop no only houses and cars and it led me to understand that cars are super important to have abroad that's why everybody has a car there even like the not so affluent people they own a car because it's so necessary to do everything and uh, that hit me the absence of a car there was no public transport late at night so uh, if you want to go out for a, to a club or something you have to pay for extra for the drinks you have to uh, take an uber back and uh, what also what had happened was that sometimes in the middle i had lost my key to the house and it was like a smart key so my owner was asking for a 100 dollars to replace it and <laughs> while the key was lost the owner was the one opening the door for me when i came back home so all these late night things and all they were just cancelled straight away and uh, uh i was i used to have to go back on a particular time when the owner was there and there have been times when i am standing outside the house nobody is inside and just waiting 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 but funny story i uh, just on a whim decided to you know email the bus company whether they have my key and just i emailed the bus company and they emailed back with a photo of the key saying that okay this is is this your key and then i went to the transport department and i got my key back after a month <laughs> so this is again a funny story and uh, i didn't have to pay the 100 dollars so which was good and so first impressions was i hated the place but then i gradually adapted uh, so made some friends like not you can say friends but like people i could hang out with in the lab have lunch with chill around with afterwards right and i did not have a university like experience people were not making friends right they did not go there to make friends like colleges people are looking for new people they want groups and everything my place was more like a workplace the people are going and going back to their old friends right so can you tell yeah. me more about like how the college situation was there yeah so uh, i think in terms of uh, the college situation and you know the uh, the community the sense of community and socializing dharam was a very good place especially when i used to get jealous of the undergrads because they had so much more fun than i had than all of us the postgrads did because all they all they had to do in their first year was just drink and make love to other people i mean that was so envy i was so envious seeing that so uh, but yeah in terms of the people that i met like uh, from my cohort 
uh, I tried to make make friends with you know everyone I met even in the lines, the waiting lines of the clubs because it was too crowded. So yeah, first three uh, three to four months was like ev- adding everyone on my Instagram and just trying to grow my Instagram followers. <laughs> I know it is you know it's very funny and very selfish thing to say, but yeah, it was like you know adding everyone to Instagram. Hey, how are you? Hey, where are you from? That's so interesting, man. Please let's meet up. Let's meet up. Let's do this. Let's do that. So yeah, first the people that I met were uh, the first three months was just like that, and then slowly, you know, after three months when I settled down, and basically the big groups and big circles of the initial days basically shrunk down to like, you know, four or five people that you actually chilled out with, and then it sort of became mellow. You know, you just try and meet up with them every weekend, try to plan something up. and uh, that's what i did you know every, every weekend i try to plan something up maybe go to go to the movies or something like that so yeah it was pretty interesting and also the multicultural environment that you i think that you also uh, experienced that was a really good thing you know getting to meet people from other countries and uh, some countries which you never had a clue were there on planet earth like i never <laughs> like, thought of like nicaragua or something Yeah, like Nicaragua, like Georgia. I mean, I never had a clue that there was a country called Georgia. I always thought that Georgia was a city in United States, and there are like people from there, and you meet them and you hear their stories, and it's really interesting. I mean, I was studying management. There was a person in my class. She was married. She was divorced. She was from Palestine. She was a war reporter there. She had a a child who was living in Gaza, and there she was, on her own dime, trying to make a living. in another country and her main purpose was to somehow settle there and try to get her child as well and when you meet these kind of people it gives you this sense of perspective i, I mean it just showed me that oh my god my world is so small i mean uh, that sense of open mindedness that can only develop when you try and be open to meeting other people from you know variety of backgrounds i mean when it comes to courses be it law or history or english or th- these kind of things and also i always had this problem with me this chip on my shoulder in in the initial days and i heard this from other people as well that i should be you know making friends who are not indian you know i should be chilling out with more non indians and something like that which i found that was a big pressure in the initial days but somehow when i you know when it all mellowed out and my circle basically you know shrunk down to the to, to the inner circle basically which everyone has i just realized that it's just just a facade i mean you should be around people who you whom you're comfortable with whom you're open with you can be going out with people from other groups or other acquaintances but in the end you just have to i mean it's like therapy you just have to meet with people whom you're comfortable with and just speak out so that's what my takeaway uh, is i mean in terms of the people that i met and of also i came up with this uh, very interesting uh pseudonym if you will which was to uh, term indians who were actually you know who were not from india but living there and born and brought up there which was coconut so <laughs> if you look at it it's like brown from the outside but white from the inside i think you came up with a different one did you vedan me no yeah you yours was like abcd something like that. <laughs> yeah that is not my term that is like a general uh, term that okay. abc dc basically uh, yeah. america born something america american born confused desi 
yeah something like that maybe yeah yeah so yeah i mean it's good i mean it's really good to be there and meet with different kinds of people it lends perspective lends empathy broadens your horizon broadens your mind so uh, also you had more of a social life than i had definitely because in my case i was basically in a 9 to 6 job so i had to wake up every day make my breakfast make lunch and then go work work and then come back tired and uh, make dinner and uh, sleep and that was my five week days there was no classes or anything it was basically work and then yeah. post work on the weekends i had chores or something so initial days i was every weekend i was going house hunting you know so there the house hunting process is much more formal the flatmates take interviews with you to see if you are like a similar minded person so suppose if somebody is uh, lgbtq they want somebody who is lgbtq friendly they want people who are liberal they want people who are adapt to their sense of society and uh, there are timings for inspection as they call it and there is bond and there are all of those things so the house hunting process is more formal there and so initial two weeks i was house hunting trying to find a perfect house and in the end i got like a nice place to live which was decently priced but like uh, i was not a fan of the landlord and everybody else <laughs> so that somehow like because i had to live there for 4 months that somehow spoiled the experience of my living there because the people there were very uh, different and i wouldn't say bad but like they were very different in their culture orientation their way of living for example i had the habit of cooking late at night so that was a strict no no they were like this is too noisy so i i taken my pressure oh my cooker there. and so what whenever the pressure cooker used to blow off its whistle everybody used to uh, shut their ears off as if a sudden earthquake has happened or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i don't know i was very different culturally from the people so they were chinese and they had their own sort of way of doing everything and i couldn't ha- adapt to them at all right so it was sort of weird because i had to live there and i was and i had to take that place because i was sort of getting desperate after two weeks of living in my friends so things like that and so weekend mein i used to do chores laundry uh, making food for t- the weekdays stuff like that watching something and i didn't really have the energy to go anywhere because anyway public transport was so limited on those days one of the good things was like uh, so one of the indian uh, so in middle in the middle of the experience one of the indian uh, researchers in the lab she found me and we made friends and then she invited me and my friend to like a big indian dinner with butter chicken and everything <laughs> she got one of her other cook indian friends to make it for us and it was great like we had proper butter chicken uh, indian experience at her house those are the good points
that's good i mean that also you know uh, a good segue into the food bit which is my experience was just in terms of indian food was surprisingly very shocking because some of the dishes which i had never heard of were Sorry? some of the most popular dishes in in that country and uh, surprisingly people in england really dig indian food yeah i've heard a lot about like england has a lot of indian restaurants and a lot of people are fond of butter chicken you can yeah. say that chicken is the natural national dish of england or something like that right yeah i mean uh, in terms of like uh, the food and the indian cuisine in britain it's really famous and uh, i have worked actually i worked as as uh, as a waiter in in a, a very prominent indian restaurant in the city durham for around 8 or 9 months and uh, so it was a really you know sometimes very nerve wracking to see uh, your favorite dishes just be so sweet i mean it's like chicken and pudding if you order butter chicken in england it will be equivalent to having chicken down in a pudding it's so sweet <laughs> but some of the dishes which i never heard of like chicken vindaloo i don't know if you ever ever heard of chicken vindaloo or uh, yes. chicken uh, patia vindaloo is something goan dish right so see i, I don't know that see I, i never heard of that because i never had a taste of like proper goan cuisine uh, yeah. since you know both of us come from you know north india so we always had this sort of supremacy that no we know how to make chicken we are the king of the curries the so, people down vindaloo, south they don't know anything vindaloo is a pork dish basically it's made from pork but uh, it's spicy and uh, some so in goa you get so you get it in chicken also nowadays chicken vindaloo like but i used to eat it in chicken in paneer in prawn in mutton i mean in uh, not mutton sorry lamb but yeah in everything i mean chicken indian cuisine in britain is not what you expect but i think in my humble opinion it is somewhat better than you know some of the dishes here because uh, i mean i'm not just talking about the the serving sizes and all and the spices just because they use fresh spices they don't have like shan ke masale or mdh there so uh, they use fresh spices so that basically gives a really distinct taste and uh, one of the things which really infuriated me was 70 to 80% of the indian restaurants were not owned by indian people they were mostly oh. bangladeshi people or people who were from you know from pakistan occupied kashmir oh okay so very a very small amount of restaurants which i experienced were actually owned by indian people so that was really you know peculiar thing to see that you know indian cuisine was sort of hijacked by our neighbors <laughs> and of course i mean apart from in cuisine i'm i have no doubt that you've also experienced that uh, other cuisines like lebanese and uh, greek and all of these other cuisines they are really a treat i mean some of them dishes are really i still miss them to this day like the yeah. greek gyros and uh, the lebanese donor kebab lebanese donor kebabs and all that so when i went uh, to australia the first thing was i was very broke okay like i i was getting a stipend but it was like barely covering and in the initial days since you are converting everything in your head not to indian rupees you don't spend also the calculator on, man that sucks actually <laughs> later on towards the end i said fuck this shit i am spending whatever i am i will take a loan but i'll uh, enjoy my time here and i will not hold back on the spending but in the initial days i was very hesitant to spend a lot on food and stuff and it was expensive okay but 
um for me i really like western cuisine like steak and burgers and all those you know proper uh, meat wala stuff and uh, i really enjoyed that like so burger and chips were uh, a staple there like the australia doesn't really have any uh, standout cuisines as such but burgers and uh, chips were really nice i mean i've had some of the best chips there like or uh, french fries as you call it and uh, no no my friend that's there's a difference <laughs> this is what i also got to learn chips fries and crisps are actually three different things did you yeah. did you come across this so their chips was fries only right like more or less it was not potato wedges it was uh, french fries no but fries you know fries are those thin ones and deep fried chips yes, are those was... thick ones with you know some some sometimes with the skin sometimes without the skin no so and, the, uh, those uh, in australia chips are fries they i and those are wedges and crisps crisps are the chips in india like lays and all those things yeah. right similar similar in england as well and everything is uh, so jumbo packed there right the chips you get is uh, <laughs> fucking jumbo packed chips you can eat five days in that right i think not just in chips i think in general their serving size is bigger than what we are accustomed to here yes i mean in terms of, it's like almost like arabian like arabian people what we eat amongst four people they there one guy can easily devour that i mean <laughs> so in terms of serving size i have never seen bigger serving sizes than what i've seen in uh, in you know arabian nations like saudi arab and uh, uae and all that but yeah uh, when it comes to you know all these western countries uh, in england and uh, in uh, us and uh, down south like you like you said in australia serving sizes are big bigger than what we are accustomed to here i didn't really feel that serving size is very big but the supermarket size was very big serving size i thought was you know more or less uh, similar or maybe slightly bigger and uh, like for example there dominos large pizza was smaller than our large pizza they didn't have small or medium or something like that they had large only and uh, their large pizza they had large and extra large their large pizza was smaller than our large pizza and for me as a broke person 5 dollar dominos pizzas were one of the best things in life i got the beef and onion dominos pizza aur usi mein mera lunch ho jata tha kafi din <laughs> and uh, one more thing is i i eat everything okay so i am open to trying anything and i also tried kangaroo there for the first time so like you ate kangaroo yeah you should be ashamed of yourself so basically when we think of kangaroo you know national animal and all those things but there kangaroos are more like you know stray dogs so they are culled also like they are so many in population almost like a invasive species and they have to be culled or killed artificially to reduce the population and their meat is also very healthy and most gym freaks eat kangaroo meat although it has oh a very uh, weird aftertaste but it was one of the new experiences that i had there that is uh, gross as well as interesting <laughs> that's, that's all i can say regarding eating kangaroos yeah. so and also they had a uh, they had a, you know sort of co-opted the german schnitzel a lot of people eat it ate chicken 
schnitzel there they called it the schnitzi or something like that <laughs> yeah i mean in australia they they have this habit of you know adding like a y after everything like breakfast becomes you know brekkie and yeah. uh, uh, there are other things as well like if barbecue some, becomes barbie and yeah uh, bar- barbecue becomes barbie macas wow see that's a really good you know slang and yeah. uh, that's that's what australians are really known for and uh, yeah. sort of the similar things i mean in england as well like uh, not in terms of slangs but in terms of accents because australian accent is like a big thing everyone knows about it but not many people know about the different accents that you have in england in that small little country i mean there could be like seven eight or maybe even more accents there where i lived in the northern side they have a separate accent the midwestern side in manchester they have a separate accent in liverpool there's a different accent in london even in london the city of london there are different accents like east londoners may have a different accent and uh, west londoners or south londoners they have a different accent uh, and even not just accents i think there there's a bit of uh, change in the food as well like sausage rolls i don't know if you know about sausage rolls that they have in, in breakfast they also change the form some of them the breads become you know some other different kinds of breads they use for the sausage rolls in the northern northern side they're different so think of you know india being a land of diversity and all that these countries are pretty diverse too <laughs> in my opinion i just know of uh, two accents one is the posh london accent and one is the cockney accent or something right yeah so so cockney is like uh, east eastern part the ghetto part of london that's the east london so that's where the cockney accent like all right thanks lads thanks lads that's how they you know say and uh, in the in the northern side where i was it was like everything was you know sort of extended like if you want to say i don't know they say i don't know and uh, if you if you say breaks they say breaks so <laughs> that was really interesting i mean uh, when you hear them talking and uh, when you hear them talking to each other and then they talk to you because when they're talking to each other you would have so much difficulty in understanding what they're talking to each other in the initial days but when they talk to you like a non white person uh, they'll try and make you know open their mouth more and uh, try to <laughs> make more sense when they're speaking so yeah that that was a really interesting thing that uh, it could also you know come under the culture shock bit but yeah that's a really interesting thing culture there uh like you hear about the capitalist societies and like the socialist societies of india the culture there is very i felt was very individualistic right and uh, people might say hi to you and greet you on the street but then after some time you might start to feel that uh, that is worse or even that is very superficial they don't actually mean that just say that to say it and uh, you might uh, chill with a person have a few beers with a person uh, go out with a person and then it might happen that the next day they are the same again and the last night doesn't mean anything right and i i think i can, i agree with you with that on that one on yes this one and everybody is very focused on the work so like it's like for example i was in a very you know high demand research lab everybody is was doing a phd we were like sort of the youngest there so there was sort of an age difference as well and everybody was 
doing their phd focused on the work getting their patents out getting the research papers out uh, discovering new ways to research and very passionate about the subject as well so during the weekdays they wouldn't interact with you so much they would be focused sincerely on their work and their weekday mode would be different than their weekend mode which is to chill on the weekends and then go back to hustling on the weekdays so i felt that it was very different from me because uh, i when i make you know go out with somebody have a great time and then that by that is like a you know as we say londe apne londe and that is a bro for life and then it's it's very individualistic there i think i yeah i can say that i agree with you uh, that it is it is very individualistic people are you know uh, more centered towards themselves than others and uh, you can also sometimes you can sense a bit of resentment right that um, again i mean in in terms of uh, what you experience from other people especially from those who are who live there the locals and uh, yeah they might say hi to you they might be forthcoming with you initially but after after a point they there is a resistance you know yes india is a forthcoming as well they are welcoming as well i can also say with with a certain degree of surety that people from other countries who have you know who have made good friends with indian people they tend to enjoy our company more than they the company of their own because they, we have a sense of community amongst ourselves we so we like to socialize like most of us do like to socialize so like uh, when uh, i befriended a couple of people from uh, i think three different countries i have made friends with pakistanis i have made friends with people from cyprus i have made friends with people from china and i have a very good friend uh, from us as well and from greece as well yeah so these you know two three countries which i really got to experience the culture because i used to talk to uh, these guy these people you know very often and very in detail so i think they i i sense that they enjoyed our company more because we were always you know hanging out together we were always together you know going to brunches and uh, you know going to clubs <laughs> and all sunday sunday bunday yeah that that's it that's correct there it was like friday friday something <laughs> so yeah it was what my experience was so i think we can you know what i can sense from uh, the discussion that we had is that we have a really fairly good idea about whole of the whole experience of you know living abroad yeah and uh, your experience being different my experience being different uh, because and of I'm also not saying that the individualistic culture is bad or worse than the indian culture i'm just saying that it's a different thing it's and it's a different thing and you shouldn't be, you know expect that you know they'll be yeah. if they say hi to you every day they they'll might just welcome you to Yeah. Yeah. Really, buddy. You should Everything. expect that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, You're not going mean, to their house for dinner anytime soon, right? Of course. I mean, of course. I mean, you should be. I mean, you should have your reasons straight for uh, you know going to uh, going to another country, living abroad, and not just in terms of the financial impact, but also in terms of the emotional impact of the whole experience that that will have on you. And I think in terms of you know making a decision, you should always keep in mind. the reason why you are here why you have why you've gone through or why you're planning to go through so much that if the reasons are in line with you and if you are clear on why you are there or why you're studying or why you're to you know doing a job or something if you have that in line i think then all of the other thing all of the negative aspects 
some of the negative aspects which you will encounter they'll they'll be just like background noise if you have that you know that much of level headedness inside you i think that's what might take away from the whole experience was and in the aftermath right. i just count the good memories that's it yeah and i think it was a net positive experience like it, it taught me a lot and it uh, gave me a lot of adversity which i had to deal with and uh, net me i think it came out i came out better because of it right what about you yeah same and like we talked about in our first podcast about you know the strain and the snap so if i want to uh, give an example of the strain and the snap experience i would say my whole experience living abroad and studying abroad and meeting different people that was you know where i basically contemplated that what was the my strain capacity where i would snap so yeah in terms of the whole experience looking back in retrospect it all turned out just to be fine i mean when i came back i was i think a better version of myself and not just because i felt it that way but people around me they noticed that yeah something was different like i was a different person when i spoke or how i carried myself and uh, also really interesting thing which not many people you know understand is reverse culture shock which is also a real thing because you're living there in a multicultural environment in another country eating different kinds of things meeting different kinds of people for so long that when you come back and the monotony of it all hits you you sort of feel like yaar main kyun wapas aaya so that is also a real thing people don't shy away from that it will happen but like all things this too shall pass so yeah i mean it, this was a really interesting thing the reverse culture shock of it all yeah when i came back first thing that hit me was the pollution <laughs> so yeah. i was living in a very clean green healthy place now i came back to fumes and pollution and i got thoda sa sick immediately <laughs> so that was the first reverse culture shock for me but also like sometimes uh, i felt you know streets mein i was walking and i wanted to say hi to the other person because <laughs> i was so habituated to doing that yeah but all in all i uh, i liked the experience i thought i definitely thought you know i should spend more time there because i was for a very small time small duration of time there so I definitely i spent more time and i really like the big cities like sydney and melbourne and i was in a very small city canberra so i liked sydney i liked melbourne and i enjoyed my time there and at the end of the trip i was living in sydney for 4 5 days to enjoy there and i was great one of the best trips of my life so i would definitely like to go back to sydney or melbourne or one of the big cities and chill a bit more because i couldn't do that there and living there wouldn't be such a bad idea as well right if the opportunity presents yeah. itself of course of course and uh, uh, i might you know i may, maybe i disagree with the point of you know that uh, you like the bigger cities but <laughs> i don't like the bigger cities i prefer you know small cities and uh, living in a big city i've lived in a big city london for like a month and a half and uh, it is a good experience you know living in a big city but seeing so many people and sort of losing yourself in the crowd that is also a real thing so uh, in terms of preferences i'd prefer a smaller city but of course a smaller city gets boring gets monotonous really fast so if you have 
a big city nearby to just hang out and chill out and have a change of scenery that's good like i had newcastle just 10 minutes by, by the train it's, it's yeah it is just a matter of preferences but also you know, one one last question one last question which i have for vedan is is it really true that in australia when you flush the water goes counterclockwise is it that is it true or just another billion just just clear that up for me and the listeners as well <laughs> i would have loved to clear it up but the thing was i never noticed i i like i didn't know of this at all and i i think i know knew of this <laughs> this myth or rumor or whatever it is later and i never could check so sorry to disappoint toilet paper is definitely much worse than you know the bday we have here of course toilet paper is medieval i think water is the way to go yes so yeah i think that was a really insightful i mean for me i got to know more about australia uh, than talking to you or uh, i mean in comparison to hearing it on national national geographic or the travel channel that's what you you get when you talk to people who've actually been through it all who've actually seen it and are ready to share it with you also who belong to the same cohort like who are who are your contemporaries so i think that's uh, why this podcast and the views that are shared on this podcast by us will be really helpful for those of us who are contemplating to you know go abroad or uh, they will find it insightful they will find it helpful and those of us who've been through that whole experience maybe they'll find it relatable as well yeah and i would just like to say you know go abroad if you can afford it if you have the opportunity to do it you probably wouldn't regret it yeah correct just do it for the right reasons <laughs> don't do it just because it will look good on your instagram <laughs> that's not a strong enough reason because i wanted to go abroad that's it so yeah and i i, I did this because i wanted to go abroad and study and uh, have that foreign education experience So yeah, and uh, in the times of COVID, who knows when we can go back again, right? Of so, course, of course, of course. That's also a very big factor. So yeah, cherish it if you're there. <laughs> I look forward <laughs> to it. If you aren't, that's all. Yeah. I think I, we can say. So thank Correct. you, everyone. Cue exit music.